0: to The Spoken. spoken.
1: This is The Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What's up? Where we are not God, your father, or your boss. <laughs> We're just here to make noise. I'm telling you what, guys, we have a fun-filled day today. Uh, I can't tell you guys how excited I was to get this show going tonight because of the fact that... uh well, nothing really eventful is happening in Kansas City today, is that correct? Not
0: that I, I don't. I do um, remember anything. We were. Gonna, I'm not aware. We
1: were going to talk about Tiger Woods <laughs> he, missing the wave. cut. Yeah, we're going to talk about Tiger Woods missing the cut. I mean, I guess the yeah, the heat's going in on Kansas City, so we can talk about that for the next Shit. hour and a half. Just got out of it. So. But um, that's why we brought our special guest in here tonight. A guy that hasn't been on the show in quite some time, but he's a great personal friend of mine, and he's uh, one of the best out there that, that, that when it comes to apparently exposing the truth when it comes to stories that need to be said, when things need to be spoken, even if it's an unpopular opinion at the time. Our guy, Red Tribe Cinema's own Clay Windler, is on the show. Let's give him a hand real quick, guys. Good to have him on tonight. Good to have him on. Throw it, <laughs> So I, I lied a little bit. There is actually some things that have happened in Kansas City for oh, those really. that aren't from you know the, the region, if you will. Uh, there has been what I would consider the nail in the coffin when it comes to the Tyreek Hill slash Crystal Espinall story or saga, if you will. I think that we've come to realize now that the story we were told at the beginning is clearly not the story we were told. The story in the be- in the middle was not the story we, were, we, we should have been told. It None of it was the truth. And now, we, because of guys like Clay, because of guys like Marty McDonald, and numerous guys out there, there wasn't a ton, but guys like that have really exposed the truth. They've shed light on the truth, but more than anything, they exposed the liar's the ones that tried to uh, condemn Tyreek Hill and push him into a, a corner that he did not deserve to be in and Tyree Hill quite frankly is free now um, you can talk and you can speculate on what what's to come after this as far as the legalities are concerned with the son uh, we can talk about that if you want but I don't really think that's the important part tonight I, I although the child is the most important part I think that in this context we need to talk about what clay and that's what we have on tonight we need to talk about what clay has brought to the Forefront what Marty McDonald has brought to the forefront. I tried to get Marty to do a little recording uh, this week. He's been insanely busy where he lives. He's had a lot going on in his personal life, his business life, let alone uh, connecting with all his sources and things of that nature. So he's had a lot going on. So he couldn't do this. But I am very, we are very fortunate and glad to have Clay on tonight. And Clay, I, I want to bring you in right now. Yes, sir. You, I mean, we, you and I have been talking through this entire process. We've had our, our back channel conversations. Uh, We've obviously been retweeting each other. I've been mostly retweeting your work because you've been the one that's really hit the ground hard with all this. Uh, Give us a a little perspective of how all this started to really take shape for you because I'm I'm assuming from our conversations in the past, when this all came out, it shocked you and and you didn't want to believe it to be true. But as you started to find out information about what is really going on, not what we were Mm -hmm. being edited to believe, Mm -hmm. if you will – um, how did all this start to play for you and what really motivated you to get to the bottom of it? And how did how did you get to the bottom of it, basically?
2: Well, quite simply, I was misled like everybody else from the very beginning. As right. soon as the audio came out, it just it sucked. I mean, it just it looked terrible. And and I believed that the Chiefs would probably dump Tyree Kill when I heard that audio. Uh, I didn't. I didn't fly off the handle like everybody else did and just, just lose my shit on Twitter over it. But, but it, it seemed like it was the beginning of the end it seemed like this was his past coming up again. And, but, you know, I kind of waited. Uh, I, I wanted to hear what Tyreek Hill had to say about everything. And then his letter came out and I read the letter and I read the forensically verified text messages, and as soon as I read that, something—the alarm bells just went off in my head—and said something: something is not right here. Something is not as it appears to be. This isn't as open and shut as Tyreek Hill beats his kid and is a is a serial abuser and is just a horrible person. Especially because. He had never done anything since he's been in the league. Right. So it seemed out of
3: character. Or at least until she didn't come into, back into the picture.
2: Right. 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 So, so that came out. As soon as that came out, my guy, Marty McDonald, who you just talked about, we started talking. And, and he started talking to people. And when I, the last time I was on your show, I showed you guys a text message from Marty. And he indicated to me that law enforcement was getting involved. And it seems like we still don't have verified details on the extent of that, but it certainly seems like based on what happened today, there are things going on behind the scenes with law enforcement, perhaps at the highest levels of this country, that we don't know about and we may never know about. Now, these were all touched upon, in the articles that Marty and I published on Medium uh, over the weekend and even his first article, which, which was weeks back. But just based on his, his lawyer's defense and based on what Marty told me and based on talking to people like uh, Brown Dextros Third on Twitter, who sounds like a just a complete random Twitter account, but he really does appear to have some kind of connection to Tyreek Hill or Tyreek Hill's friends. Just talking to these people... And it really made me think that something else was going on. And then, then all, the, all the stuff came out. Uh, 810 broke the report that he did not break his son's arm, which was a huge bombshell that actually was kind of not really a bombshell because it was, it was reported months ago. But everybody, the media just kind of glossed it over right. because of the tape. So all that stuff just kept coming out and kept building up. And you never heard anything from the other side of this. The the only thing you ever really heard was stuff that was positive for Tyreek Hill. And that just further just galvanized me and made me want to do what I've been doing for the last... It's been almost three months now. Well, and see, I
1: think people are going to automatically assume, because of the fact you're a Chiefs fan and you're a guy that has been... Uh, an avid um, representation of Chiefs kingdom, if you will, Uh, they're going to automatically assume your position. Oh, well, he's trying to prove Tyreek's innocence because he's a great football player who happens to play for the Chiefs. Of course, this guy, Clay Wendler and Marty McDonald, Chiefs fans are going to try to create that narrative because the opposite narrative has been created. Mm -hmm. And here we are having this clash, but see, if you're actually looking at the, the actual facts of it all, being a fan has nothing to do with what's being said and what's being reported from the the undercurrent, if you will, you guys, the guys that aren't getting the praise and the glory according to national media. Like we talked earlier today, you broke that story. I know you put rumor in front of your tweet. Mm-hmm. The fact is you still posted that mm-hmm. at 8:40 that morning, mm-hmm.
2: this morning, mm-hmm. nine o'clock, Therese Paler and Ian Rapport right. said the exact same things you did. I think I probably made them I lit a fire under their ass, and made them tweet it half an hour earlier. I right. Think. That's and that's what that's what
1: I think is happening is that people are now starting to see it doesn't matter where the source is coming from or where the sources are coming from where the information is coming from it the fact is those are facts those are what's actually true and i remember you you telling me uh, weeks ago this is what you believed was going to happen that there was going to be no suspension that's what motivated me in the previous shows Trevor i want you to i want you to chime in on this this is why i said a couple weeks ago on our show that I fully believe that Tyreek Hill was not going to get a suspension because of the facts. If there, were, if there was this this middle ground where we felt like, man, he's on shaky ground, there might not, there might not be enough for him to be able to shake a suspension, I would have felt that way and said, you know what, he's just going to have to serve it, and the Chiefs are just going to have to do what they can and survive without him. But now we are sitting here looking at it, and that is actually what the NFL was saying too. There's nothing that we can actually pin on him. And that's, that's, for me, that's kudos to the league. Because they have not been the type of league that's been consistent when it comes to disciplinary action, they've not been what I would say accurate with a lot of their discipl- discipl- disciplinary actions. We don't know really where they stand on all the things. It could be very inconsistent per case. But this one, I think, set a precedent in the league. And Trevor, I want you to chime in on this. What's your thoughts on? I that? was just
3: gonna say. I mean, it, to me, what speaks volumes and is the fact and what like you like we both you both have already talked about. There's probably a lot more that we don't know yet that will probably come out later on. Um, Especially from her camp, Um, when certain investigations are done, authorities' investigations being taking place right now. um, It speaks volumes to me that the NFL made it clear today that they reached out to her camp and her personally and tried to get information from her if she wanted to defend herself or her side. And they got nothing from her. So that's, that's for me I – mean, I mean that's what speaks volumes yep. to me the most. Like why would you not defend yourself when you're totally getting thrown under the bus? When
1: you're the one setting the setup. Right. You, you, were know, the you're... One
3: that, you were the one that went out of your way to record a security blanket for yourself whenever the shit hits the fan. And it's backfired on you and you're embarrassed. Right. I know she just had two children. I know she just gave birth to the twins I believe, right? No. So I know she's dealing with all that, being a mom and stuff. So I get that part too. But you – anyone that feels that their, their conscience is clear – and they want to defend themselves, and they're and you know, and they're in the right. You, in a situation like this, you defend yourself, especially yes. when it comes to your kids, especially when it's your reputation, because her reputation has already been tarnished throughout this whole thing, and Tyra kills has been even more. Yeah. So if she has a chance to rebound and and, and, and you know, backslap this whole situation and defend herself, why would she not do that? Well, and that's or, the question now. At least her father where, too.
1: Where, where, where does and Eddie? I don't, I know you had a little thought on this earlier today when we talked. You know what happens now with Crystal because. Right. And and, and I don't want to be insensitive to – because like you said, she just gave birth. I can't imagine how traumatic that can be for somebody to give birth to children. I don't know what that's like. We're never going to know what that's like as guys. But she – to me, I think she's put herself in a a very strong legal case for her to be – I think, indicted. I, I do. I think there's there's possibly. something that she could be possibly indicted yeah. for because you are talking about potentially ruining a man's career in life. Extortion, too. He's, he's, possibly extortion. N- no matter how innocent he is in all this. Yeah, extortion, no right. let alone. She's I mean, my God, FBI is involved, involved yeah, in all this. But, 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 but looking at it from, Ty- from Tyreek's business side, his money, his monetary side. Right. He is, no matter how innocent he is in this, just because of the negative light that has been shed on him over the last five months. Right. He is automatically going to lose endorsement money that he could potentially have had if he has back-to-back all pro years. You talk about NFL players, it does not matter where you play. If you are great at what you do, you're gonna get recognized nationally. So going back to, like I said, Eddie, I want you to get I want to get your thoughts on this because you talked a little bit earlier about this, about how you feel that there is potential for her to have some legal problems and ramifications with it. Do you all right? Let me ask like this: Do you believe? That there's enough for her to have to suffer this kind of consequence. If you, if it's your opinion or your stance, if you were the judge, do you think that there would be some sort of indictment for her because of the potential that she could have ruined for his life and his career?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, as to as to what I know, what I've read, she's. I think she's still under investigation by uh, the child services and uh, law enforcement. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I mean that on its own, it, it's really big. If, if Tyreek's already cleared, we've heard that he's not under any kind of investigation. That speaks volumes, man. And and I guess with her being under this kind of investigation, it only makes her look even worse than what she already has been looking, you know. And it is very possible that she can get indicted. And mm-hmm. I mean, I I think that would be something that that we we would have to come up and talk about later on because we honestly don't yeah. know what's happening. But yes, right. I, I do honestly see uh, an indictment coming up. Per, I'm, I'm guessing soon.
1: Well, because it's no different to me. It's no different, and Clay. I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. To me, it's no different than, and maybe it is a slight, slight difference. But I mean, I feel like it's in the same vein as someone who does claim for someone to physically assault them or to uh, any any type of any type of uh, incriminating action towards somebody, and they get and that person they're claiming did it gets in trouble with the law or potentially gets in trouble with the law, and that person comes to find out they lied about it. For me, I feel like people like that should suffer punishment that the other person potentially could have or already did suffer for. So what do you think is going to happen with all this with Crystal? What do you think is going to happen off the field if there's going to be anything else? Because there has to be more that's going to happen off the field. Maybe not with Tyreek and his potential suspension or anything that has to do with Tyreek as a person.
3: She's not going anywhere. She's the mother of
1: his children. Right. Right. My my point is, what's going to happen with
2: her legally? Okay, so I'll tell you guys two things that I heard today that I have not tweeted or not today, but yesterday today that I have not tweeted out because I, I won't tweet breaking
0: them out. news. Uh,
2: more like breaking rumors. But so this kind of <laughs> goes into what Trevor said about her not wanting to talk to the Chiefs. So first first thing I will say is we we know we know from from I, I think it's been in some stories and and if you listen to the tape he kind of talks about this, but Tyreek Hill is a quiet dude right. who really all he wants, he wants to play Fortnite and score touchdowns. Right. He's more of like a recluse. Kind he, of he's, he's not like, he doesn't go out drinking and mm-hmm. party. He's 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 a real quiet guy. And I really think he just wants to get on with his life and get away from the Espinols. That's what I really think. So I heard today that there, because of that, there may not be any criminal charges brought against these people. That, that's one thing I heard. Mm. The other thing I heard, this was a couple of days ago, I heard, and this might go into why it's been reported, that she wouldn't talk to the NFL. I heard that before she got law enforcement involved, she called the Chiefs.
3: Trying and to make a deal or yet, something to get her? Yes. Hmm.
2: And if she did that, she screwed she herself. She's guilty. Wow. <laughs> she screwed herself yeah. because – all that stuff now has proven to be a big lie. And if that happened, it's obvious the reason she did that is show so she could avoid the public consequences yeah. of having to deal with law enforcement versus having just to deal with the chiefs and keep it on the down low. Right. So ba- based on those two things, I it could go either way. But I kind of feel like just because you've never heard – nobody nobody that's an actual legitimate journalist has come out and said anything about an extortion attempt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's known that the FBI does not comment on active or inactive in investigations. And we have a kid involved, right. which is a whole other ball of wax. So I tend to lean towards now – You might not hear anything at all. Right. But just the fact that Tyreek Hill got zero games and And not a fine at all. And no fine. fine. I I actually thought, I thought, I thought he was going to get two games. That's what I thought. The fact he didn't even get that makes me think they have the NFL knows they have ironclad evidence. Mm, And if you read that article that Marty and I published on Sunday, where we talked about the admissions from Meredith Robinson. Meredith Rob Robinson is the Twitter account that leaked the accusation that Tyree Hill had broken his son's arm. We we had 30 pages of direct messages with Meredith Robinson from somebody that gained her confidence, and mm-hmm. and those DMs, if you go read the article, they spell out exactly what was said in the DMs about about her father uh, leaking to people in Kansas City. Uh, in, in, uh, like late December, early January that Tyree Hill had broken his son's arm, And, you know, you ask yourself, why would he do that? Mm. Because we know it, Tyree Hill had nothing to do with it. right? So you ask yourself why Sergio Espinal would do that. If you think Meredith Robinson has credibility and sh- she certainly does based on the fact that she leaked the rumor, right. So you ask yourself why he did that and then you look at the the financial things that we talked about in the article and it really kind of leads you to a to an obvious place. Well, and even the setup, I mean, let's be
1: honest here. It, 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 this was probably the weakest setup attempt I've ever seen. I mean, I'm oh, not I'm God, not a I part of a lot of horribly. these scandals, but right. I mean my God, if I was to, to bring myself that low, I, I would think that I would do things a little bit smoother. Furthermore, wouldn't you want to wait until there's some money that you can actually grasp from the guy? I mean, this was like the worst timing in the world for her to attempt to do this to him because of the fact well, that there so was no
2: money to be, get, be, be given. So we, we were told that they've been, they've been getting money from him for a long time Right now, and he was about to cu- he was about to cut them off. Right That's how this all started. The
0: desperation was yes. starting to amount he let yes. it back in the picture. Yeah, so I guess guess desperation didn't let him think through what like the consequences, right? Uh, I I, like uh, he said he didn't think uh he uh, I guess she talked to the chiefs first before even law enforcement got involved because they knew they didn't want law enforcement to get involved. Once law enforcement got involved, then that's when they realized like oh fuck, we gotta leak these uh we gotta leak these uh two minute clip in KCTV five now, you
1: know. Well, and 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 the question I now I think the question with (laughs) because. we we've pretty much called out everybody when it comes to the responsibility factor when it comes to who's been the one that has been uh, the the granddaddy of them all when it comes to you know starting this bullshit or spreading the fake news. Clay in your eyes and it can it can be multiple people, but I, I want you to and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I don't think you really have a problem with this. I want you to name names as far as who you think it is that has caused the biggest stir in all of this, who's been the most irresponsible in all of this, who we need to blame the most. Because I think that matters. I think that definitely matters because from what I've even heard, uh, and I'm not trying to give you a name to to alley-oop with, but uh, KCTV5, there's word that the Chiefs might not actually work out an actual uh, conversation with them going further with TV rights because of things like this. So, I I mean, I want to know, Clay, in your eyes, um, what? Who do you think is the most responsible for the for the the downfall of all this? Because it's it's made Kansas City media look awful, terribly awful. Maybe not to the nation, but to the people that live in this city, it's looked very bad to the point that we've had to defend our own
2: against them. So I want to get your thoughts
1: on that, Clay. Who is it?
2: So you, I'm just going to turn this into a monologue because that's really what I intended to do coming here tonight. So I, you know, I'm just going to start off with uh, Connie Joe, who some of you may follow on Twitter. She is a survivor of domestic violence. Mm. And uh, she she tweeted a, a picture tonight. It's a Malcolm X quote. The quote is, The media is the most powerful entity on Earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses. That's deep. That's, that's very deep. And it's absolutely true. So... I think really the core of it, why I've done what I've done the last three months is because this is really all about abuse of power. Uh, there's no question in my mind that these people that have these platforms have certainly they have a responsibility and and they have power. Absolutely you have power. And they've abused that power. Uh, I think KCTV 5 That's your initial abuse of power when you don't release the full audio tape. And then you have the Kansas City Star. They piggybacked on what KCTV5 did. And I will give them credit for most of their stories were accurate reporting, but they only wanted to report one side of the facts. They didn't bother to look into anything. That might have put Tyreek Hill in a positive light. Mm-hmm. And it's, and other, others have done that. The lack of integrity. Uh, you know, some people might, oh, oh, Clay just hates every single stinking media member. in the world. I have given lots of credit to Nate Taylor of The Athletic and Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports. Rightfully so. Uh, for work, doing ethically, ethically responsible journalism. Right. I haven't said a bad thing about any of those people. But the star presented one side. And even when Tyreek Hill's lawyers came out with that letter, they immediately attacked it. Uh, so you have, and then you have USA Today. They they decided to, USA Today certainly has an enormous platform. A little bit. They decided to piggyback on uh, on everything that had come out. And they wrote a hit piece on the entire chief's organization. They drugged the Hunt family name right. through the muck based on this, this audio tape that was was total bullshit. Mm-hmm. And and then you have, of course, you have pro football talk and Mike Florio. <laughs> Favorite guy. <laughs> and and Mike Florio has just first of all, he's not even a, a reporter. Tell him the truth. Tell him the real <laughs> he, story, Clay. He just he tell takes, him the real story. He takes the facts and he just the, the entire time he's taken the facts and he's just spun them into endless hit pieces on Tyreek Hill. His reputation has been thrown on the floor. The, nice. The guy I said, like <laughs> the guy said, if Tyreek Hill played in the league again, he wasn't sure if he could quit. Well, you better quit buddy because, because yeah, right. you've been lying. I think public. he even said, yeah, I think yeah. he did say that he would consider retiring. Was telling the, the the guy, story this morning. He yeah. said, he said he wouldn't be at training camp. He said he wasn't innocent. And Tyreek Hill is not only innocent, he is going to be at, <laughs> He's training gonna be at training
1: camp. Training
2: July 27th. And, and just, Everything he has published has just been so slanted and one-sided, and he has absolutely abused his power right. because I, there are people – outside of Kansas City, I think Tyreek Hill's reputation outside of the Star editorial oh,
3: board yeah, has, has, has
2: almost been restored, almost. But outside of Kansas right. City, there are still people. You
3: know how many booze he's going to get at these. Oh,
2: my God. There fans? are still people outside of Kansas City who believe that Tyreek Hill broke his son's arm.
3: Especially in, within the division. And it is reported fans,
2: fact yeah. that he did not. It's,
3: right. it's the doctor report said was it, was I mean? yes, it was an accidental. An accidental yes.
2: report And right. not only that, uh, you know, today, uh, Nate Taylor uh, reported they have multiple text messages that, with not just one. Right. That we got from the lawyers. They have multiple texts from Crystal Espinol admitting that she was the one who harmed her child. You won't see any of that on right. Pro Football Talk. Nope. Literally so,
3: everything. Yes. Everything is in Tyree's so, favor right now. Yeah. Right now. So, everything.
2: You know. You know. I never really paid much attention to Pro Football Talk before mm-hmm. this. I always knew he was kind of a clown, but it, it ceases to be funny when you are you are slandering a guy and destroying his reputation. Right this had the potential to ruin Tyreek Hill's career
3: and life potentially. Isn't Isn't he a lawyer too, or has he used to be a lawyer? Right. You would think he'd be smarter. And,
2: and the thing is, the thing is in 2014, and there are a lot of questions now being brought up about 2014, right? Oh yeah. In 2014, uh, it seemed like Tyreek Hill's life was on the verge of being destroyed. And the reason why, is because he, he didn't have the money or the power to defend himself against what somebody said. Took a public lawyer. Five years later, the same thing happens again with the same people. This time, he has the money and he has the power to defend himself, and look what has happened. Right. right. I, imagine, imagine what might have happened if he was... He would have been exonerated it, back then. Imagine if he was some guy who played in the Arena League. Mm-hmm. Somebody who didn't have didn't have a Rosenhaus lawyer, and so that and so pe- people say, "Oh, you're a Chiefs fan. You're biased." Okay, the level of passion that comes out of me that is that has come out of me while I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. You saw that same level of passion seven years ago when the Save Our Chiefs movement happened. That movement had nothing to do with a particular player or wanting to well. Wanting to see the Chiefs... Okay. The Save Our Chiefs movement happened because the things that Scott Pioli was doing were wrong. He was treating people whose names we didn't even know that worked at worked in the offices at Arrowhead, he was treating them like crap. Okay? And that's why that happened, because the things that were happening were wrong. Right. The things that have gone on here... Are even more wrong. Yeah. And certain people were fired. They weren't fired. They weren't. Say the name. Heatsman was fired. He wasn't fired for one comment. He was fired for the reputation he had built. And then the comment. And yes. And all that was backed up by saying the same crap about Tyreek Hill for months. Yep. Other people have done the same thing. They haven't made the same kind of comment he made, but they have larger platforms and they have unquestionably done greater damage Mm -hmm. and there needs to be accountability. There needs to be accountability. Well said, man. Well said. I think that, uh,
1: I I mean, this is coming from the, the mouth of the source guys. I mean, like I said, clay has been doing nonstop work. I mean, I'm getting messages from him, At all hours of the night, all hours of the morning, all hours of the day, you know, giving me information, preparing me for what's to come. And I'm telling you guys, I'm not saying this just because he's my friend or we're fellow Chiefs fans, anything like that, or the fact that we're, you know, section 110, you know, season guys, but season ticket guys. But um, but besides that, you know, um, it's also because the fact this guy works his ass off to give people. The, the information that's needed because although there are, I think, you know, six ten six ten and these other guys, they do fine. I, I have no problem with what they do, but they're also bound by restriction They're They have things that they got to go through legally. Uh, us, 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 nobodies, we can do whatever the hell we want and say whatever the hell we want. And clay can give the unfiltered truth. Marty can give the unfiltered truth. And we are lucky enough to have them on our shows to give you that unfiltered truth on our radio waves. If you uh, want to go that route. So, I want to thank you, Clay, for giving us that insight, man. I really do because it's – like I said, there will be a lot of Chiefs out there with an the unpopular opinion, um, and we're going to come back uh, in a second to talk more about this and also about um, what this changes for the Chiefs' season coming up because I think we all kind of knew that, the, that Tyreek was going to play eventually. Now that we know we're going to have him for all 16 games, barring any injury, that changes things. So let's talk a little bit about expectations coming into the season. I'm not asking for predictions. I'm just saying let's talk about ex- expectations for the Chiefs team when we get back. So we'll get to
0: that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection.
1: Casey Hardgoods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson, born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hardgoods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Back at it again on The Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, for segment number two with my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell, and our special guest, Clay Windler.
3: Throw it deep, son.
1: (laughs) Is that your Shane Williams? Is Is that your Shaggy Shane? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> all sports, all the time. I lo- <laughs> we got to get Shane back on the show. I miss that guy. dude. I miss him. Him and uh, him and Tracy are having a night to themselves. I uh, love you guys. Uh, love to get
2: love to get Shane back on the show. That's, That's the, the the greatest Arrowhead love story ever. Told. The greatest. Uh,
1: if you aren't following Shaggy Shane by now, you need to get on YouTube and Facebook. Follow our guy. He's the the. I mean, it goes without saying. He's the greatest Chiefs fan I know in the world. Uh, this guy's. has been a season ticket holder, season ticket holder. I think from '91 to 2011. I think it was. He was a uh, season a ticket time. holder. That's a long time. Yeah, he
2: literally was, met his wife at Arrowhead because yeah. she was sitting behind it,
1: and she's the sweetest lady of all time, Tracy Williams. So I, cute, it makes me sick. It, yeah, i barfed a few times thinking about it, but <laughs> thank. It, uh, yeah,
2: you, you gotta follow
1: Shane. Please do that because this guy, he's like, he's all passion, he's all zeal, and he he breaks things down. I Man, he's got a memory. I can't even believe. I mean he remembers like he's, he's like, was, he's, like
3: he's like the LeBron of Chiefs fans. Yeah, Like 3 yeah, like, seasons
1: we- ago he was like yeah week 7 <laughs> against the Seahawks it was 3rd and 2 on the 32 yard line they go to a sweep. I'm like, dude, stop! It's like, it's like <laughs> Sean McVay, man. I just it drives me nuts. But yeah,
0: like when you see him in person, and he breaks it down, like and you're like,
2: how? <laughs> I think I think he's more like the Moses. Chiefs fan. <laughs> the, the beard helps for sure.
3: But uh,
1: I want to bring something up because I, I we had posted on our spoken uh, uh, Twitter account, uh, the spoken PC. Uh, definitely follow us on there. Um uh, as soon as the news came out we were told a little bit earlier obviously but when the news did officially break we posted um the chief's Ty, chief's wide receiver Tyreek Hill will not be suspended by the NFL do you agree with this ruling um i kind of left we kind of just left it alone after that i looked back we had over 325 votes it's at 328 now uh 98% said they agreed so oh, <laughs> i'm assuming on, the other flipped
3: on its head in the community
1: I, i'm here. assuming i'm assuming that the 2% were probably people that aren't chiefs fans that happened to see our tweet i'm going to go with that because I've yet to talk to a Chiefs fan today that's disagreed with the ruling. Uh, you might have your people out there that are sensitive to the topic because they still have um, their position on on what happened to the child, which I totally understand and I totally get because it's never okay that's for a child to be harmed.
0: Argument, so I think that's safe. where I think that's where the two percent people might have came from. Right? Uh, may, maybe they're thinking about the child, like just specifically the child.
1: Right. So and 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 but the point the point I'm wanting to bring with all that though is the fact that I. I, I love the unity that we have in, 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 our, in our, if you want to call it the Chiefs kingdom, uh, because I, this is one of the first times in my life that I felt like Chief, the Chiefs fans are so unified. And Clay, I think you can agree to this, because well, let's be honest here. Clay was one of the guys that, <laughs> that, was, that was leading the bandwagon against Matt Castle, right. Alex Smith.
3: That's actually how that's actually how Clay and I had I, met. I,
2: I, I have committed some Alex Smith war
1: crimes. <laughs> yeah.
2: The Great Depression of Chiefs. It was three. bad. It and, was the and, purgatory. You know, I, I, I said this on the Arrowhead Guys podcast this week.
1: Definitely follow I, them I, too. they those I, are great I, dudes.
2: I realize I committed some war crimes during the Alex Smith era, but I really feel like I gave you Kevin Keatsman's head on a platter. <laughs> so maybe we can be friends again. Maybe we
1: can <laughs> 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 reconcile <laughs> our differences. Bon yes. Maybe you know, you've yes. had some war crimes, but the, see, I feel like those war crimes are valid. Because you you woke up a lot of Chiefs fans that didn't realize what they were seeing. They didn't really see the truth. And guys like you, although you got slandered and, yeah, and crucified often, you did lead the way for people to expect more and demand more. I still got ratioed and <laughs> I had to delete the tweet. So,
2: <laughs>
1: well, I mean, once sorry. the threats start to happen, I kind of get why I, you have to start I, deleting I stuff. I got to say, but, I'm sorry. So. Yeah. Well, the point is, is that, um, I feel like chief's kingdom is finally unified at least as much as I've ever seen it before. And definitely winning helps that. And I would say having Patrick Mahomes absolutely helps that. But um, there, there are a lot of expectations now with the chiefs and, and when it comes to their, their fan base. And I think that we're finally at a place where we are starting to expect this team to be a super bowl or bust type of team. Realistically, obviously you're going to have your homers that are expecting that, but they know deep down, this team wasn't really built to win championships. We are now in a place, and we've been talking about this all offseason, where we know this team is actually Super Bowl worthy.
3: Well, we felt I felt like that before we even got Tyreek Hill back. Right. Now we now we have him back, the whole league is like an oh shit mode.
1: And that's why I wanted to bring this up to you. This is why I wanted to bring it to the table here. Now that we know that Tyreek Hill is going to be intact and in training camp July 27th, full participant, week one starter. Barring any type of injury. Now that we know that we're going to get him for all 16, mm. what is your guys' expectation for this team? I'm not asking for predictions. I'm not asking you for a record. I'm not asking you for even if you think they're going to be the Super Bowl team, I know that sounds like it does make sense, but I'm what I'm what I'm asking you is are you expecting this team to take it to the next level as a team, not just like record wise or like going further into the playoffs? But are you expecting to see a better version of the Chiefs thoroughly? I'm talking from top to bottom. Are you expecting more of the same? Are you expecting a, 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 a digression of sorts? I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm going to start with Trevor, and we're going to go around this whole thing. Trevor, what's your thoughts, man? I
3: mean, the sky's the limit for this team right now. I Another full season under the belt of Patrick Mahomes. He's been doing nothing but the right things in order to his body right and prep. He wants to get his, his body fat into single digits. Tyreek Hill is supposedly in the best shape of his life, which is a scary thought. Um, we've heard from Terrence Paylor talking about he's, he's in incredible shape, which he was already in incredible shape, so I don't know how much more incredible shape he can get in. Travis Kelsey is going to be fully recovered from that knee injury. We have all the weapons. We Sammy Watkins has a lot to prove this season as far as his health goes and his, you know, as far as production and everything goes. I, I mean, now that this is settled with the Tyreek Hill stuff, the, uh, 16-0 to me is not out of the picture. For this team, and I know that's a hot take for any team in the NFL because it's only happened what a couple times. So I just I look at our schedule. I don't see a team on that schedule outside of like maybe out a duel with Aaron Rodgers, which could very well happen. But it's in Arrowhead. It's in Arrowhead. It's in our our turf. I don't. I mean, I don't see a team on this schedule that scares me, or like I have to like double think and really think about it. That like, oh, can we beat them? No. I'm looking at every team on this schedule, including the Jaguars, including the Ravens, and those tough defenses that. I know that we can hang 30 on any of these teams, 30 plus. So, I mean, for me, the outlook of this, the way I see this season going, I just – it is Super Bowl bust for me, absolutely, Um, especially being, you know, a coin flip away last year when we struggled an entire half um, being that close. And then then the changes, obviously, the sleeper moves is the changes on our defensive coaches' staff uh, and then obviously defensive players. uh, Just overall, man, the the hype coming into the season – Everything leading up to this season, just everything that's been outside of Tyreek has been moving in the right direction. And now that this is all cleared up, we all have a clear head. We all can move forward with the positivity instead of being snagged with the negativity. My my hopes are so high, and I, I there's nothing I don't think negative that I can see moving forward outside of injury to any of our main players that can that can cause a distraction from that. So,
0: yeah, like Trevor said, uh, the sky's the limit for this team the changes they've made this off season obviously tells you that the chiefs are all in uh by firing uh, Bob sutton uh, Keith spagnolo that that just told you right there that that they're in it to win it uh, with the draft i think it was a great draft uh, i think they did really good uh, yeah this team can only go can can only go up from here uh, i don't know i don't know about 16 and no like trevor said but it's not out of the picture man it's no. it, it definitely not out of the picture but i don't know if if, if they're going go to they're going to go 16 and no Obviously, the Chiefs have a little chip on their shoulder with the all these primetime games that everybody's emphasizing on. Last year, losing—I mean, we there were really close games. There was only like three points, four points,
3: fourteen points. We lost in exactly. all four
0: games. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think the little chip on that shoulder is going to be that that prime time. Uh, can they get? Can can they prove everybody wrong? Can they prove people who are doubting the Chiefs saying that? uh when it comes to big games, they, they can't pull it through. You know what I mean? Can they do it this year? Absolutely. I, like I said, the sky's the limit for this team. Get into the Super Bowl, that's the main goal. They, their goal cannot be anything lower than the Super Bowl. And that's all you're hearing from all Exactly. The too. So, uh, yeah, uh, training camps around the corner. Everybody's in great shape. Uh, I, I just seen a video earlier today of uh, Patrick Mahomes pretty much uh, throwing ball around with uh, Tyreek, Dieter, Miko. Yep. Uh, Sammy Watkins, you know, just you know how much just, of a weight that is yeah. off
3: our guys, man. And I mean, that's a
0: whole week before training camp. I mean, they don't even have to be doing this stuff, you know, and well, Patrick wants to get that work done because they know what their expectation is and they know what they need to do to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the, the sky's the limit, man. So, uh
2: well, I think what it comes down. Uh, f- well, first thing, I think absolutely the Chiefs are going to be better than they were a season ago. What it comes down to, to for me is you have, I think this might be the most talented Chiefs team I've ever seen. Not just o- offensively, but uh, even defensively with, with the Clark, questions they have. You. They're still just a crap load of talent. So you have an insane level of talent. You have a whole lot of continuity with the coaching staff and with the players and with, with the offensive system. And now because of what has happened this offseason – and because of what happened last year with, with the Patriots and getting so close, you, the whole team has been galvanized. So I would compare it to – I think it, w- it was a couple of – was it the year the Patriots came back in the Super Bowl? Was that the same year with the uh, Tom Brady suspension?
1: Yeah, against yes. the Falcons. Yes. Yeah.
2: So, so I remember the Patriots were incredibly galvanized by what happened with Tom Brady and the suspension. And that fueled them. And probably made them play a little bit better than they actually were, and I think this team by far is more talented than that, that Patriots team. I really think you're going to see the Chiefs. There's going to be no question; they're either going to be the best team in the league or the second best team. Now that doesn't automatically mean they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think don't think they're going to go 16 and 0 yeah, like Trevor I'm not saying said. It's going to happen. I, I really do think. I think we actually talked about this last year, Lance at one point we thought they were going to go 14 and 2 before the Kareem Hunt suspension mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure we talked about yes. this i think this year if nothing like that happens again i think they will be 14 and 2 just because of all those things mixed into one great big pot and you know, the other thing there's absolutely no question mahomes is going to take another step forward uh so i, I really think it, this might be the best Chiefs team ever, not not since 1969, ever.
3: 16 and 0 would confirm that,
2: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> or or even for, have the Chiefs gone 14 and 2 before?
1: No, the best record they've ever had is 13 and 3. This is the way I look at it. I think it's a I think it's a foregone conclusion, and I know that sounds super arrogant right now because of how well 2018 played out for the Chiefs. Having said that 2018 went really well for the Chiefs and they got the number one seed and they had the AFC Championship at Arrowhead, it doesn't really get any better than that. It actually can because the Chiefs also had a lot of luck go their way oh, yeah. with the Dolphins beating the Patriots, with the Steelers beating the Patriots, the point with the Chargers choking numerous games away that they should have won. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs did luck out a lot last season. And they didn't deal with a ton of injuries last year either. I did lose Kareem Hunt, that's true but they also stayed very healthy last season. That doesn't normally happen. Um they also had the fact that they had that quarterback have an all-time great season. Yeah, anybody else has that
3: defense on their team good luck.
1: Right, and that's that's playoffs. what I'm saying. So so Patrick Mahomes playing as well as he had which no one for, could see. I none of us none of us saw him having a season like that. We've talked about this a million times. Despite having the 31st-ranked defense, one of the worst defenses we've ever seen, they still finished with the number 1 seed. A lot had to go right for the Chiefs to get to where they were. And unfortunately, and ironically, everything went wrong for them in the AFC Championship that gets them to, to basically stay home while the Patriots advance and play the, the Rams in the Super Bowl. 2019 is going to be a lot different. And I'm not I'm not predicting anything yet, as officially, as far as win-loss win, records, where the Chiefs are going to end up at the end of the season. I don't do that until after... Preseason's over. That has been my rule for years, and I'm gonna stick with it. But what I will say in this instant, right instance right now, and hopefully we will revisit this in the next couple of months or the next month or so, is that I think, and I and I actually agree, agree with Clay completely. He did steal my thunder a little bit right there. I do believe this is going to be the greatest Chiefs team we're ever going to see, at least to this point, based on the fact that there are a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of moves they've made this off season that are very underrated. I don't think that people really understand how good Juan Thornhill is going to be. I don't think people understand how much better the front seven for the defense is going to be, even though the front seven of the defense wasn't really the problem last season. I don't think that people understand that the cornerback position is actually going to be better this year. I don't think people are understanding that, comprehending that completely. And I definitely know that people don't understand how great it is to not have Bob Sutton here anymore. People do not get how much of a plague this guy was on our not only just the defense in its entirety, but just the morale of the team. Literally everybody on the team was sick of this guy. Yeah, new if, voice. If it wasn't for Andy Reid's loyalty, blind loyalty to this man, sure. he would have been fired years ago, probably after that Colts playoff loss. Yeah. Probably should have been after that. And, and if we can go back in time, I really wish they would have. There are so many things this team has done to make them so much better than 2018's Chiefs even though that team was the number one seed. This team is so much better. Now that we know that Tyreek Hill is going to play week one, knowing that he understands that he's going to have to improve himself again because more than likely he's not going to get a contract extension this offseason. He should, but he's probably not. And quite frankly, if I'm him, I might bet on myself. I might say, you know what? I'm going to give you guys another all-pro season because I got a chip on my damn shoulder. I got a couple chips on my damn shoulder. And I'm focused on football. I'm in the best shape of my life, and he actually really is, unlike other guys that say that every offseason. Yeah. He is actually going to have another all-pro season. He's going to bet on himself. That's my prediction. I will give you – okay, I lied. I'm going to give you a prediction. <laughs> I think I think Tyreek Hill is going to bet on himself because mm-hmm. he wants the big bucks. He deserves the big bucks because he's innocent of all charges Don't that try to come against North him. North he exactly. Like he knows that he's worth the money. Right. He's a superstar wide receiver. And now that the Chiefs have him for all 16, now that they have a defense that at worst is going to be serviceable, now that they know they have a proven defensive coordinator, who I wasn't very big on initially, but knowing he's not, his name isn't Bob Sutton, that automatically puts me in a good mood. Sure. So looking at this team in totality, knowing that they brought back essentially all the good pieces of their coaching staff, they didn't lose Eric Bieniemy, which I think was great for this team because this team respects the hell out of that guy, and could've he should—he should be a head coach in this right. league. Eric Bieniemy should absolutely. Be turned
3: down, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yes, he turned. He actually did turn yeah. down jobs. I, I he think, knows. I
2: think he will be next year. He knows. I think he will
1: absolutely absolutely
2: After he won
1: the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, <laughs> yep. I'm not going there yet. My point is this: Chiefs fans, if you're listening to me right now, expect greatness from this team, and I'm not trying to hype it up. Understand what what kind of special, what a special situation we're in right now. This is something that Chiefs fans, at least of the last five decades, has never experienced. We are in a position now where you are seeing dynasties starting to fall away, slowly fall away, and you are seeing the new ones start to bud. Guys, we are that new dynasty. I'm saying it now. We have the special, special player of the league. We have that guy, and it's happening in front of our eyes. Do not be afraid of it. Don't try to push it away or downplay it. Embrace what we have right now. And the best part about it is, it's not just about Patrick Mahomes. Because if you notice, everything I was just saying wasn't even about him. I was naming all the other things around this guy of how amazing this situation is for him. And now we can talk about Patrick. Now we can talk about the best piece of all of it. And
3: players are going to want to come here,
1: and players are going to want. Carlos Hyde literally took less money to come to Kansas City and take a backup running back role in his prime. He's twenty eight years old, and he's coming to Kansas City to play with the Chiefs. Think about the power. Think about the opportunity. It's here. It's real, and it's about to. It's about to happen. 2019 is that season, guys. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my blood. I know these guys surrounding me right now on this table feel the exact same way, and that's why we are doing what we're doing right now. This is why This is why I look forward to doing this show every Friday because this team is real. It's really happening. We don't have to sit here and talk about blanketing Alex Smith anymore. Man, if we put the right pieces around him, we might win 11 games this year and get to the second round.
3: Well, yeah, it's always either depending on a really good offense or a really good defense. Because being a Chiefs fan, we've seen nothing but really good offensive teams that have terrible defenses, and then really good defensive teams that a, have to depend. On a balance like that of power
1: offense. is everything. This is one of the a first times we of might power. have
3: both sides.
1: This is the season, and, and honestly, I'm going to make my predictions. I'm going to tell people what I think Patrick Mahomes is going to put up this year, and I'm going to give you a little uh, insight. It's not going to be it's not going to be pedestrian. He's going to put up his numbers this year, but even if he doesn't put up numbers even close to next last season. That is not the focus because this team's not going to need him to do that this we don't season. want him to have to do that. Yeah. It's not going to be needed. Last season, I talked about this on our podcast last week, Clay. I don't know if you got a chance to hear this, but I said Patrick Mahomes put up 50 touchdowns last season because he had to, not because he wanted to, not because he, they wanted to make him the MVP. Every single one of his touchdowns were necessary. Very few blowouts last season, and they lost, like Trevor just said, in their losses, they scored 37 and a half points per game. Right. In their losses, the defense was giving up 40 points per game.
3: Or when you thought it was a blowout like the Steelers game, they came back in like three possessions.
1: Yeah, so he, he, he throws six touchdowns in the Steelers game. They win by five. Right. Think
2: about how insane that is. This one thing, when you bring that up, makes me think about what happened with the Patriots in 2011 when Tom Brady had his 50-touchdown season, about how good this team could be. If this team is as good as we think it is, we might end up in the same position where we end up running up the score on people just because we can because we're so pissed off at everybody
3: yeah and we or have the talent to points. Do it. i mean come on
2: now maybe it won't be quite as bad as the patriots did it that year to everybody because andy Reid is kind of
3: they went 16 he off 0 that year but but when you when you said
2: that about mahomes needing to throw 50 touchdowns he might not need to this year he might do it anyway just because it's fun yeah That's a great point. The pressure isn't going to be
1: all on Patrick Mahomes this season, and quite frankly, even if it was, let's say that they went back, they ran it back with Bob Sutton and that defense all over again, I would feel confident the Chiefs are going to be right back in the dance because of what we have at quarterback. But the point is, and why I am so confident things are going to be so much better, literally night and day better from even 2018 to 2019, is the fact that they got so much better talent-wise and leadership-wise on the defensive side. We don't get how it's insane to think. That Tyron Matthew is the oldest player on this defense and he just turned 27. I think he's the the Patrick
3: Mahomes of the defense. And that's fair. That's how I and see it. That's and fair. Thornhill's a second coming at Tyron Matthew. And,
1: and, my, and my point is, is this defense is so young, so talented. And quite frankly, if you look around these guys, the, the, the new additions, these guys haven't got to experience a lot of winning. They're desperate, they're hungry. They brought hungry players to this defense.
2: Frank Clark has experienced some hungry, success. Hungry and talented, like Deron exactly. Lee. Exactly, Deron yeah. Lee. Man, that guy's probably. I love that. He's forty times probably faster than uh, Carlos Hyde. I bet. Craig Stout, my guy from Arrowhead Pride, yeah, had a talent. great tweet
1: today. I talked to Eddie about this earlier. If everything goes as planned, the Chiefs are going to run out Tyree Kill, Byron Pringle, the uh, McCole Hardman, and uh, I think it was Demarcus Robinson also as their wide receivers. All Sam, those Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins, and Sammy Watkins yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. And Sammy Watkins. Yeah. All those guys combined, their 40 times together are 4.39. That's the that's kind crazy. of speed that
2: Patrick Mahomes some, is going to be able to work with. Remember when when 439 was like maybe we had one receiver like that, <laughs> and he was like the fifth guy on the depth. <laughs> chart. And then he got and then
3: he got a tight end you can throw bubble screens to take it to the house eighty some yards. Yeah,
2: and a, a tight end in Travis
3: Kelsey that's too fast that. for
1: line <laughs> linebackers and too big for safeties and corners. Yeah, man. Like we this is what I'm talking about. This is the look at what Patrick has around him finally. Last season he had a lot of talent around him on the offensive side. That's why they scored the third most points in NFL history. This year, he has even more talent on the offensive side, more experience as a player, and he's got a better
2: defense. This is gonna be devastating. When I see this offense, to me, it seems almost impossible that it won't be something akin to like the 98 Vikings or the 97 Broncos. There's just so much talent, and even the offensive line is so good. I, I, like they didn't. I mean, they lost Mitch Morse, but I mean, Austin Ryder was fine last year. Uh, it just seems to me that there's no question. I, I think I, I heard somebody on some radio show say the other day, "Oh, I, the Chiefs might not score 35 points a game this year." How the hell are they not going to score 35 right. points? I mean, I mean, it's insane. Well, especially if the defense is better, they're going to be on the yeah. floor more.
3: Yeah.
1: And people are talking about, you know, they have the fifth toughest schedule in the league. See, this is where I, I have an issue with those types schedule of things because anymore, you man. can't predict what the schedule is going to be as far as the difficulty. Because team change, especially in the NFL, teams change year to year. The Panthers could be an 11 win team last year and beat a five win team this year. Injuries, uh, chemistry problems—you name it—things happen in the quarterback. NFL that play you can't overshadows predict.
3: any difficulty of any schedule. We've seen that oh, with Peyton Manning. We've seen it with Drew Brees. It does not matter which defense you throw their way. We've seen talent, elite town QB play overshadow any of that.
1: Now, now I will say that, that, that there is there is a, a caveat, if you will, in this situation with Patrick Mahomes. Only, only this, and this is literally it. The league has seen him now. You can use that as validation. Say, well, these defensive coordinators have had a full off season now of film study. They've seen what he can do. See, but here's the problem with that. The only problem I'm going to give, and I'm playing devil's advocate in my own argument, is that Bill Belichick had an entire season to use in the AFC Championship, and Patrick Mahomes still went out there and dropped 31 mm-hmm. on him.
3: Well, he figured it out for a half. The yeah, point is, is that Patrick had, went had out had there. And, him out. Patrick
1: went out there and played a perfect second half. We'll read, a perfect second that.
2: half. And that was with Tyreek Hill only having one reception. Right. The flip side of that is, though, Patrick Mahomes has seen what people can throw at him. Exactly. For a whole season.
3: Let's not count out the evolution of a young quarterback. Absolutely. And and,
2: and everybody said last year, it only takes one mistake or looking at something one time for Patrick to do it right again the next time. Because let's be honest, how many times did we see him last year make just careless mistakes? Chaotic.
1: Just place. horrible – I'm not Bad saying it didn't happen. Throws? They did happen. They uh, did happen. But there, there, there isn't a reel of just horrible mistakes that Patrick Mahomes made. He made calculated throws even though he was throwing the ball 35 yards in the air at most times. This dude's throwing the ball downfield, but they're calculated risks and they're accurate throws. That's why the league needs to be worried because the Chiefs not only have the best quarterback in the league on a rookie deal, which is the greatest situation you could be in as, a, as an NFL franchise – but the talent around him, that's what I have to keep emphasizing. This team is loaded, loaded on all fronts. The front seven has the potential to be a top five front in the league.
3: Everybody's bought in.
1: They can actually get better from last season. They led the league in sacks. Think about that for a second. Mm. They led the league in sacks last year, and this this front seven can actually be better. Oh, yeah. the, the, the the defensive backs automatically got better with Tyron Matthew, let alone Juan Thornhill, because you're not relying on guys that were third-string players. Juan Parker? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Scrap heap guys. Like
3: running a corpse out there. No offense Sacks to those. They shit. played their time. The possession.
1: They, but my point is you're actually relying on stars now on the defensive side all the way across the board.
3: Well, we're actually getting safety play.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're automatically better at safety, and that's what they needed. That's why they I wasn't so worried about the cornerback position. They didn't yeah. get any stars. They got Rashad Breeland, good player. You know they, they they're holding on to they're holding on to guys that you know they're uh, Kendall Fuller. These are good players. I wasn't as worried about the cornerback position once they got Tyron Matthew and once they drafted Juan Thornhill because they have protection behind them and they have one of the best front sevens in front of them. So if you can take care of those two things, the cornerback position is not as important.
2: I know it's important. It definitely is important. Here's the other thing about the defense. Bob Sutton had been here for what five years, five six years, five years. Okay, so people knew what Bob Sutton was going to do on defense. These teams are going to have no idea what the chiefs are going to do. I mean, mean, it means a brand new scheme. Yeah. Brand new scheme. I mean, sure. They're going to be growing pains, but teams are going to have no idea what the chiefs are going to be throwing at them. And the good thing is the, the,
1: the first portion of the season, I wouldn't say is exactly murderers row for the chiefs. You got Jacksonville. I think you have Oakland. And I think you have the Baltimore Ravens. That's your home opener. Um, we and I cannot wait till we start doing our prediction stuff. I cannot wait because I have a lot to say. You guys know that. But what I want to do is, if any, any of our Chiefs fans listening to this, I think you've l- listened to all of our takes in this, and I and I and I really want to emphasize, you need to get ready for this because this is going to be the season
2: that you've been waiting for your entire life. I bought my tickets to the home opener today. I waited until I was sure that Tyreek Hill was going to be there because honestly, I'm not paying for a ticket unless Tyreek Hill is. <laughs> but bought my tickets didn't have a second thought about the absurd amount of money I spent on them
1: yeah <laughs> it was worth every penny
2: though Absolutely. you know it was you know it not, was I would not miss that for <laughs> for for all the all the fired Kevin Keithman.
1: all All right well we're going to take a break real quick um when we get back our guy Eddie Ortiz is going to fill us in fill us on fill in the cracks a little bit tell us what's been going on outside of uh, Kansas City because we have been swarmed with news out here we need it we need to get a little bit of a break from the Kansas City side Eddie's going to fill us in on a few things tell us what uh what we're missing out there in the world and then we're going to give out some L's and Clay Windlers with us so you know it's going to be good so we'll get back to that after this Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural appeal. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer Brand on Instagram or Facebook. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit. Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell with our special guest, Red Tribe Cinema's own Clay Windler. Throw it deep, son. Throw it deep, son. Throw it Mm. deep, son. Coming to a theater near you. (laughs) 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 it's <laughs> 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 just it's just, just base higher need, need,
2: need to get you to put in some work
1: <laughs> I can, by the way i can't wait for this season man it's gonna be a great time um we're gonna get right to it uh no no wasted time at all eddie ortiz we do this every week he's gonna fill in the cracks for us eddie what have we missed this week oh, fill man. in the cracks my man
0: uh, just a couple of things uh, it, it's been a really slow week for just uh global sports and in, in general because it is the summer break uh, other than the MLS, I believe every other league is in a summer break. They they're literally in kind of like their spring training, you could say. Their uh, preseason games are going on right now, so in general, it's it's pretty slow. Uh, obviously, Formula One's not until next week, so I'll be talking about that. A <laughs> uh, couple points I want to talk about today: uh, the little, I guess, the little drama. Uh, Going on in MLS right now is between two players, Slatan uh, Ibrahimovic and Carlos Vela. Uh, the soap opera goes uh, that Slatan Ibrahimovic—he—he he just likes to talk. He—he's one of those guys that's just cocky. He thinks he's the the best in the world. Uh, He—he's like the best player according to him. So he's pretty cocky. So he did an interview uh, about two days ago, three days ago, and. The reporter asked him, "What do you think about Carlos Vela?" Now, Carlos Vela, he is uh, a Mexican soccer player. He is in his prime right now. He he has played 19 games uh, so far. He has scored 19 goals, so that's one goal per game. So that's really fucking good. He has 12 assists. He is uh, he is uh, on his way to become the MVP of the of the season this year, if he keeps on doing what he's doing, right? So. Also, the Mexican media, you know, they, they, they love this guy. They press this guy. They're saying that he's one of the best, if not the greatest Mexican player we've ever seen in our lifetime. And, and I mean, they're not wrong. He, he obviously is up there. He, he is, I would say, one of the best players the Mexican squad has right now in, in the international level. But yet again, it is the MLS. And, and this is what Slatan uh, Ibrahimovic was talking about. He's like, how old is he? He asked the reporter. a reporter obviously answered with, uh, he's 29 years old. Okay. That's when Slatan has said that, okay, so he's 29 in his prime, and he's playing in the MLS. He was like, at 29 in my prime, where was I? Well, the reporter answered. it was like, Europe. It was like, okay, that's it. That, that's that's it. <laughs> So he pretty much killed Carlos Vela saying that he's pretty much nothing. He pretty much neutered him in that yeah. Interview. Like yeah. with that, that whole thing saying that at twenty nine he was in Europe killing it yeah. and he's not lying. He's one of the like one of the top five players in the world at that at that moment. So him being cocky and all that stuff. So like the media just blew it up and that that that's the whole soap opera going on right now, uh in MLS with Carlos Vela and Slatan, just pretty much, you know on just being the person he is. Slot on being slot on. Yeah. Exa- that is exactly pretty much what they yeah. say. So, I mean, he calls himself the lion. <laughs> that doesn't tell you much. <laughs> and another thing I just want to talk about sporting supporting Kansas City. Man, have they been struggling this year? Whew.
1: That's an it, understatement, man.
0: It, it, it's been tough for Kansas, uh, Kansas City this year. Uh about two weeks ago, not only did they lose 5-1 to LAFC with Carlos Vela uh, being pretty much the MVP of that match. Uh, it's just the entire season, uh, th- there's just no rescue in the entire season, the, the, the rem- remainder of the season. there are They are in uh, 10th place out of 12 places right now. And there's about 16 games left in the season, uh, maybe a little bit less if I'm not mistaken. So there's no way they're going to get out of the bottom. I, I think they're going to stay out there. Uh, I, I think that there needs to be a change in Kansas City. Uh, I talked about it earlier in the uh, in the podcast about I don't know six podcasts ago. Man, how specific? <laughs> yeah, about uh, how Peter Vermees. I, I think it's time to move on from him. Uh, obviously, he he was great in Kansas City. Uh, he did his thing. He he got us the MLS Cup. He got us the US Open Cubs. He he's put us on the map, you know? And and obviously Kansas City is so grateful to him, so thankful. But I, I think it's it's kinda like the Bob Sutton, you know, kinda like he doesn't want to change his style. Like once he loses a player, he doesn't replace it with just the same same level of talent. He he just gets either a a, a shittier player or just brings somebody in from uh the academy. So with him not changing his style of game, obviously it's showing this season for the first time in about 10 years that uh, this style of play is just not its not cutting it. So obviously uh, sporting has to make some changes in the offseason if, if they really want to continue and be that team that everybody wishes that they are. They're a good contender team every, uh, year in, year out, but this year everything caught up to them. They've lost so many good uh, players that it's just a talent. They haven't been able to replace that talent, and, and I mean, I mean, I love Peter Vermees, but it's time to go, man. It it's time to make that change. If we don't make that change now, it's just only gonna go downhill from now, uh, from here. So that's just a couple of things I just wanted to talk about. Uh, there's like I said, this preseason, nothing bigs blowing up right now. Uh, I talk about Antoine Griezmann's transfer last week. There's nothing new on that. The Atletico Madrid has uh, kind of talked to FIFA about it, and and they're they're they in talks pretty much of uh, them wanting more money than, than what Barcelona actually played for. Uh, Christian Pulisic actually uh, it reported with Chelsea this last week. Uh, Chelsea did pay about sixty five million uh, for him uh, to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, in January, and I mean, he's finally he's finally reported with the Blues. He is expected to make his debut here in the next in the next preseason game. Uh, obviously, they're not going to use him much because they don't want him to get hurt. So we'll probably see uh, 10, 15 minutes at the most in and the in their no, next upcoming game. So I'll keep you guys posted on that postage. Uh Obviously, he's an American uh, boy from New Jersey. So. That's that's why I want to want to talk about that. But, yeah, that, that is it for me.
1: All right. Let's give it up for Eddie Ortiz. I'm filling hey. in the cracks.
2: Hey.
1: Even on a
0: slow week, he's got plenty of
1: information for us. So that's why we keep him around. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, so now that we've gotten everything else out of the way, let's get to our favorite time of the week. Guys, what is it called again? Hold oh, this hell.
3: Hell. It's
2: time to hold.
1: I want you to do me a favor and hold this L.
2: Somebody's got to hold that L.
3: The him, her.
1: I'm talking like caps lock llllll LL Cool J stuff. Hold that L.
3: <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, <U-ma>. pulsating L. <laughs>
2: man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, wow, that was great.
1: Oh, Hold Sorry. this L. This L brought to you by Casey Beard Co. Since 2014, handcrafting skin and beard care with 100% organic ingredients in Kansas City, giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. Visit them at CaseyBeardCo.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Casey Beard Co. All right, guys, let's get right to it. Trevor, who's holding the L this week?
3: Right now for me, it's not an official L yet.
1: Oh, Prophecy L. Right now, I
3: mean, if the Chargers don't sign Melvin Gordon, I feel like it's a major L. You don't, you don't, draft someone especially of that elk uh, an elite running back in the first round and then wait for him to force your hand to pay him when he's due and he's he's giving you good numbers and he's been a maybe outside of phillip rivers the biggest part of your offense um you don't and you're hesitating to to pay him what he's due and they, it's not like they don't have money they do have money um like I said, it's not a, a, an L yet because we haven't seen what the, like I know you guys both said he's probably not going to be on the team, which I have said, I think he is going to be on the team. Cause I don't think they can afford that drama or that loss heading into the season, having to compete with us, especially now that we have Tyreek back. I think they have to do it because they're windows right now too. Um, especially with Phillip Rivers on his way out. Anyways, I just, I think like I, I'm, I'm predicting if it's, a, if they don't sign him, if, it's a, it's a future. It's an L in the future because you don't, Draft someone that high up in the in the draft in the first round and then not pay him when he's when his time is up. Yeah, you know,
1: when your franchise quarterback's thirty eight years old right. on the way out. Yeah, you can't. Right. And then let if he, him go. he's
3: gone and you don't pay him, then what are you left with? Right. You know, Keenan Allen? Okay, congratulations. No, man. he's no, so
1: Keenan. he's so bent out of shape about his madden rating right now. Yeah, I
3: agree. I like Keenan Allen. I love his competitiveness. Um and he was burning Peters when we had him, so I can't, can't say too much against him. Um but yeah. So uh the Chargers franchise right now, you're gonna have to uh Hold this, this L not for the my future, best. Not for the best. future, yeah, for the future. Well, okay. up for right now,
1: because I mean, it's actually, R-L. if you think about it, Eddie and I are going to actually vehemently agree with your L because I think that's going to happen. I don't, yeah. but I, just, I I don't think the Chargers are going to pay him his money because of his age, I don't think his, his injury and problems, start, starting
3: the season, knowing they have to face us to fight tooth and claw, I, tooth I, and nail for this this division. I, and I think, not think have the a, Chargers a are confident. Back. Okay, I
1: think they're confident with Austin Eckler and the fact that they went they went four season, they went four zero without him last season. No. They uh, went I, 4-0 I without that, him last week, And one of those games –
3: The schedule fell into place pretty well. One of those yeah.
1: games they won was in Arrowhead on primetime television.
3: Right, on the back of Phillip Rivers. I get that.
1: They still got and, Phillip and, Rivers. And,
3: and then, I mean, no – okay, they beat us, but our, <laughs> we were going get into our defensive scheme that game. That was a there.
1: crucial game. Let's be honest. They did not have Melvin Gordon. So, and they, they won. They
3: won because of a terrible no
0: call. Let's, I don't – I'm just saying they they found a way to win the game. Eddie,
1: who is, who is holding the L oh, this man. week, my dude?
0: My, my, my L is going to go out to – the Denver Broncos, they they happen to make the, the news again this year, uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> I with, don't know if it's their fault. With the but...
3: Flacco? Are you serious?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with uh, the MVP Flacco of next year, apparently, according <laughs> sure. to Broncos fans. Uh, so I was reading some reports. Uh, I did hear also on the radio that not, none other than their uh, draft drafty, uh Drew Luck.
1: Drew, Drew Luck, yeah. Drew Luck, yeah. <laughs>
0: Drew Luck oh, might, yeah. might be holding out. Tr- for God, for training camp, because he is demanding. Well, he's gonna be that new de- starting guy. Yeah, he's demanding more guaranteed money, uh, because he said that quarterbacks are the highest paid. Uh, he's a proven in shit, the, yeah. That's the, the funniest part, man. That's it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You yeah. see the the fucking soap opera that the Denver Broncos are. You know what I mean? Like, so he's a Missouri you, guy, so I think he's going in there to stir the pot on up yes. up purpose because he's going for cheap <laughs> shit. Would you like just holding out, I. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get what goes on in that organization as of right now. That's they, just not, not been good so far. Uh, with with Joe evening. Flacco and all that stuff. I, I, no, it's, me, only, it's
1: only a matter of time until Drew Locke is their start of right, the season. Right, That could
0: yeah. happen this year. Joe Flacco is going to shit it's his song, pants every
1: single game I, leading into that. I
0: think Joe, uh, Drew Lug is, like, I think the, the last rookie to yet uh, sign. He is. Signed, it's because right, he knows the contract. leverage he has.
1: Yes. Because
0: he, he knows he, he was drafted to be the guy. Exactly. But but, but, but with Joel Joe Flacco is saying that he's not he's not uh, gonna teach nobody nothing he he's not a teacher. He's elite, much. dude. He's elite. He's no <laughs> Alex Smith. <laughs> so yeah. So for me this week, uh, Denver Broncos. Hold this L. L. I want to play something for you guys real quick.
3: Okay. Oh, okay.
1: Imagine an uh, MLB manager treating you like you're his five-year-old son. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, baseball. You that's, what, um, that's what uh, an umpire this week had to suffer. Uh, his name is uh, Brennan Miller. He, you can tell watching the video he's clearly a young umpire. Uh, it looks like he's no older than 35, 36 years old. Very, very new to the game. I'm not disrespecting this guy anyway, but clearly he has not yet earned the respect of a lot of MLB managers, especially guys like Aaron Boone, who have been in this game for a long time, has been an analyst with ESPN, hit one of the most famous home runs in Yankees history, which is saying something. For Aaron, For Aaron Boone to go out there and tell you how to do your job, I mean – I don't know if it gets any more humiliating. Than that yeah. you're talking about the grand stage. You're you're playing. It's against the Yankees, and if you watch the follow through, like it, it, Aaron Boone was not just being a prick. Like there was some terrible oh, yeah. strike calls against and for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Aaron Boone was basically just letting them know, listen, man. You got to get better. And (laughs) that that, tighten the shit up. My boys are – my guys are savages in this box. Now, clearly as an MLB manager, you got to stand up for your guys when you feel like things are getting out of hand, when you feel like your team is is getting frustrated and morale is starting to drop. You got to go out there and get rung up every once in a while. You got to go out there and get thrown out to boost your team to show them that you have their back. That's baseball. That happens. But for Brennan Miller, here's the the worst part. Whenever you have an MLB manager that has his full name put out there – that's when you know things are bad because that when when their name is brought into the equation, that means the story is super controversial and they did something wrong. So because it's never a good thing. You know, great call by Brendan Miller tonight. You know you don't hear that. That's not news. So Brendan Miller clearly fucked up this week and got it got so bad that he had to have an MLB manager go out there and tell him, "Do your job better." That doesn't happen very often. They can get mad. They can be upset and say you made the wrong call. But to get out there, and, and I, I suggest you guys go out there and watch the video if you haven't already watched it because it's so great. I mean, you hear the audio. The audio is loud. You hear everything Aaron Boone is saying, and it's expletive heavy. So be warning for that if you're watching around your kids. Make sure and turn it up. I'm just kidding. But if you I, just watch it. it. It feels like a guy is berating his child. It is the funniest shit I have seen all He's week. Just it. Yeah, it, it, it's he almost sucked. as funny as the bagel bo- the bagel guy. Like <laughs> I brought up earlier, you're not God, you're not my father, and you're not my boss. You want to go outside, pal? Like that? That was th- those two things have been the funniest shit I've seen all week. So, but it, since this is sports related, I'm gonna have to say, Mr. Brennan Miller,
2: go ahead and
1: hold, hold this out. Hell. So we saved the best for last, Mr. Clay Windler.
2: What do you got for us? Go ahead. Who's right, so. It you know you uh, i think you you touched on this in our first segment you you wanted me to name a journalist that i really wanted to see fired so so i i thought i thought about it and i really have actually it was today or maybe it was last night i actually identified the guy who really needs to be held accountable more than anybody else so this guy actually he's not even a journalist but uh he, he started the Tyreek Hill situation by misreporting the facts. He continued his, uh, his poor, poor, uh, poor practices by refusing to apologize for his mistakes. And just this week, Casey Clark Jr. of KCTV5 was quoted in a pointer article. As saying that Tyree Kill punches his son in the chest, which we now know mm-hmm. is not true. So he is tripling down on his mistakes by continuing to lie about Tyree Kill. So Casey Clark Jr. is so horrible that he made all oh, my hair fall out. <laughs> oh oh my god! god. What, what the fuck? fuck? So like, that's how <laughs> bad he is. <laughs> Holy he's shit! The fuck so, so terrible. <laughs> what he made that? all my hair fall out. Literally, literally. <laughs> I'm sitting here and my head is bald. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm looking at me. I'm completely bald because of you, Casey Clark Jr. Breaking news: Clay when there's a skinhead. It's it's, you're all club, <laughs> it's all your fault, baby. Join the club. It's all your fault. Your head Clark is so Jr. white. <laughs> That's uh, wider than my ass. Too. Never, never <laughs> be wider than me. <laughs> you're so bad, Casey. Dude, Clark you haven't been this bald since birth. <laughs> Correct. And it's all Casey Clark Jr.'s fault. It looks good, man. So, you, Casey Clark Jr., you're going to have to hold this Hold hell. This, man, hell. This, oh, hell. Hell. this bold oh. This bald right. L. Oh.
1: We, are, we, are, we are a table of bald men. That's
2: right. That's that is why, cool. why you
1: wore that hat this entire that's
3: right. time. Like that's Save the
2: big food. reveal. That caught me off guard. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on the set of Powder.
1: <laughs> the, Clay, I did not see that comment. I'm gonna be honest. Like, no, our uh, I I bring, we had no fucking clue that uh, was gonna happen.
2: I bring the shock value.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's good for radio too. Good for radio
2: for all the people. That, yeah, look, I'm pretty, no I'm pretty sure. I'm in. pretty
1: sure Brandon got some pictures I'll on that, that. So, so we're we're solid.
2: Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> No, just, j- just so everybody knows, I don't have I don't have cancer. It's just like <laughs> it, it's it's ninety eight degrees. It's ninety eight degrees outside, and I just I couldn't take it. And I couldn't take Casey Clark drinking. Hey, the
3: club, man. So,
1: <laughs> Casey Clark, you made my guy mad. So mad he shaved his shit, bro.
3: Right. Yes, wow. he shaved
1: his wow. shit. Wow. Clay had it, a full head of hair.
2: Clay had a full head of hair, and that shit's gone. <laughs> casey clark you suck man it's, it's coming back just like tyreek hill <laughs> yeah.
1: golly man. that you weren't lying that was that was that was shocking as shit i did not yeah. see that coming so i appreciate you bringing that to the platform tonight for sense. sure I, I we've only had you on a couple times and every time we have you on man it's an absolute blast because you bring what is real what people need to know you always have the great information and if you're not doing it by now, I don't know what the hell you're doing listening to us and you haven't already followed Red Tribe Cinema. You're in the wrong place if you haven't done that. Go follow Red Tribe Cinema tribe. On, on Facebook on, and on YouTube, especially YouTube. That's where all the videos are definitely at. Um, and uh, you follow Clay on uh, Twitter. It's Clay Windler. Literally just go up there, follow him on Twitter. You'll see all the information that he has out there, guys. He constantly is posting great content, great videos. Keeping cheese fans interested in the dog days of summer, which is so tough to do, because even I find myself getting disinterested at times when I'm just ready for the season to start. Because once that goes, we're all in. So, Clay, get, get go ready, ahead.
2: get ready in August for the. There's going to be a 15 minute video chronicling the entire Tyreek Hill Running Man. saga. It's called Tyreek Hill, the Running Man. It's a it's a complete exposure of the media. And their lies, and just how freaking awesome Tyree Kill is, and just it's gonna be great. You got definitely Features. stay tuned. August twenty fifth, August twenty fifth. Right? Yes, um, I feel like
1: this segment should have been brought to you by like Mister Clean because we are all just we're,
2: <laughs> we're all just we're
3: all Chrome currently, domes currently up here, blind, man. Or, 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 has
1: to have or, accepted yeah,
3: the fact, Captain Picard. Picard.
1: Like we all went outside, and took our hats off. Right now, we'd have the second sun. I mean, that's how powerful <laughs> this shit is right now, man. That's that's incredible, Clay. Well done, man. I got to have it. We got to get a picture of that for sure. Um, but again, Clay, thank you so much for getting on the show with us tonight, dude. Hey, it was an time, absolute blast. Oh, yeah, Got to have you on more uh, for the on. season. You do get production credits for this because without you, we wouldn't have our intros and outros. You definitely have made things very possible for us. You've added so much quality to the show without you even having to be here. So thank you for that, man. Uh, so for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell, I'm Lance Twidwell here in the KC BeardCo studios for episode 21. We want to thank all you listeners, all of our Patreon supporters, for all you that have been a part of this since the beginning or have just come around. Thank you all humbly. It means so much to us that you guys take the time to listen to us jackasses talk about sports, talk about what we're feeling, what we're thinking at the time. So in that, until next week, we out of this bitch. See you later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya.
2: You are
3: tuned
1: into the Spoke. I might actually stick
3: around for a little bit.